0: Should we tell the people about your text message from earlier today where you thought you were going to die? Oh
1: my gosh, you were unconcerned <laughs> also. <laughs> but yes, we should because I also want to address how I didn't get the text response from you that I thought I was going to get. So I was driving today and I had to get back for this recording and I texted Kristen and was, <laughs> was right behind. This truck full of logs. I texted Kristen a picture and said, if I don't make it back, this is why. And then I said, this is some Final Destination shit. And I wanted you to respond back with, that's one of the five movies you've seen?
0: Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real life creeps from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these
1: stories and I'm Mo Gap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them.
0: <laughs> but well, we both at not. the same exact time texted like something about Final Destination because that was my <laughs> response to the photo. Was like, oh, final, oh no, Final Destination. And then she she yeah. said, yeah, there's some Final Destination shit. <laughs> And then we had this thing that I was looking forward to afterwards and I was like, well, if you
1: die, I'm not going to enjoy that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you should reschedule if I die. But, you know, I know where I know where I rank. I know where I rank. Yes, yes. And then just now we were talking about all of the great things we learned from the TikTok and even though I am not on the TikTok still really I do dabble, and I've allowed myself 30 minutes of TikTok a week, basically. Okay. And I just want to say, I hate that I am so technologically challenged, because I would already be virally famous. (laughs) Because all of the things I've ever wanted to do or come up with are already on TikTok. Like, all the people Mm -hmm. that, like, have those accounts making fun of their moms or their group, whatever. Like, Uh that was me in, like, 2005. Right. The airplane trick to not get anyone to sit in the middle, I invented that. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> y'all, I just I heard the, uh,
0: it I am astounded by the story that Mogab shared. And I would like to know if other people <laughs> are as altruistic in spirit as she is, because this girl just told me that when she is on a Southwest flight, which if you don't know, it's it's open seating, you know, you, you want to get first in line so you can get a window or an aisle seat. And I love that. Russell calls it chaos and anarchy, but I like it. No, I like it, too. She always chooses the aisle seat. And, but if somebody comes and wants the middle seat next to her, what does she do? She scoots over. She takes the, the middle seat and lets the person yeah. that wanted to sit there sit in the aisle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't no. help it. I think that's what you're supposed to do. No, I think you're like supposed in the to rulebook. get
0: up and allow the person into the middle seat. Middle seat, the last seat's available. That's the C boarding group, MOGAB. Those are the people that didn't think to check in until 10 minutes before the flight. Me. Oh, you've me, never been one of those people? I have, no, because I said, yeah, and when I do, I know I'm going to sit in the middle seat and I have accepted my
1: fate because I was irresponsible. Survival of the fittest, you know? I mean, yeah. In other news, we, we really should get started. But the last thing I need to share with the people is that I arrived back home and there was a pod backed up to my garage like a shipping container pod Uh of my fiance's entire childhood that my in-laws have shipped here and when i tell you the discretion they used on what they kept and did not seems flawed at best
0: they sent a pod of his stuff
1: yes and you know at first and i knew about this when we talked about it i thought oh this is going to be fine because i've been to russell's childhood room and you know there wasn't a lot of stuff in there but you know what I forgot about? Basements. <laughs> I forgot those existed. And when I tell you that Yankee Stadium has arrived here, which if you know me, you know is appalling. It is here in my garage. Everybody come see Yankee Stadium. <laughs> and like, guess is- what? Y'all don't have a, a basement. basement to put but all that tell you what crap we do in. have. <laughs> we do have a foosball table. We have a lot of oh. thousands of baseball cards. <laughs> We also have this chest that's in my office. Looks like it's from the set of Pirates of Caribbean. I might put it on Facebook Marketplace and say, hey, from the set of Pirates of Caribbean, touched by Johnny Depp, and see how much I can give for it. (laughs) So, Pirates of Caribbean. (laughs) It's here, it's in my living room. It's wild. So, that's what we've been up to, everybody. Okay,
0: so before we get started, we need to talk about a couple of things. The first up being our Patreon. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Today is our one-year anniversary of starting the
1: Patreon. Oh my gosh, you're right. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Patreon. It's been great and amazing. If you're a patron, bake a cake. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yes. (laughs) That's your call to action. We have three levels over there on the Patreon. We have a $5 level where you get an extra bonus episode every month. You also get a shout out on the podcast at the end of the show and our undying love and gratitude. And then if you bump up for $2 more to the $7 level, we also put out a couple of mini creeps every month. And those are just like shorter episodes, sometimes true crime, sometimes am I the asshole stuff, sometimes catching up stuff. And you talk about my mama. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you also get a card with our autographs. The envelope sealed with Mogab's pink wax seal. It's gorgeous. And then at the $10 level, you can get all of that plus 20% off of merch. And we will be bumping that to uh ad-free episodes as well eventually, oh, sometime soon.
1: Fancy. Yeah, y'all sign up. Ads.
0: I'm tired of sitting in the middle seat. <laughs> <laughs> I want early bird check-in. All right. And the other thing we have to talk about, do you know what that is, Mogab? Athletic Greens Athletic Greens I hope that sounds a lot better Athletic Greens Is a supplement They are
1: Oh (laughs) Oh, they are what? (laughs) Every time
0: Go ahead Go ahead Look they are a supplement That you can add to your water And with one delicious scoop Of AG1 You're absorbing 75 High quality vitamins Minerals Whole food source superfoods Probiotics And adaptogens To help you start your day right This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of
1: the things. And not only do they support all of that, but what's really, really awesome about them is that Kristen and I love to support a good cause. If you've been here a while, you know that. And Athletic Greens, for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the United States. In 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. That's
0: amazing. What a great organization they support. And they're lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or none of the freeze, it'll work for you. I'm none of the freeze, and I love it. <laughs> it costs you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit do love a good cold brew
1: athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase i love the travel packs they're little flat like just tear open packages and you pour it in the little clear water bottle they give you shake it up it's awesome all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging again that's athleticgreens.com emerging To take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's athleticgreens.com slash
0: E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine, But the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, PROSE proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. PROSE is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's pros dot slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp we all carry around stressors big and small for me this comes in the form of work too many deadlines relationships with people irrational fears of the future when we keep them bottled up it can really start to affect us negatively mentally and physically therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? If not, you have to start the process all over again. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creepers. Are you ready for the case this week? Yeah, kind of. This has been one that, it's like one of those stories that if you listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, I'm sure you've heard this story. If you don't. I just love when you set me up for failure. (laughs) You don't listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. You only listen to this one.
1: (laughs) I know, but people expect me to, even though I've said for 87 episodes, I do not. They're still (laughs) shocked every time. But
0: if you don't consume your true crime that way, usually if you watch a lot of documentaries and and Dateline and stuff, you maybe haven't heard of this one. And this is a pretty wild story. And I really felt one certain way about it. And then, you know, going and doing this research, I kind of started feeling another way about it. and i'm not really sure so let's get into it the a big thank you to the article in rolling stone titled tyler hadley's killer party by nathaniel rich i already hate it <laughs> yeah you're really good. party culture boo <laughs> when i think of people that live in florida two very different pictures pop in my head One is like college kids constantly partying in their bathing suits, regardless of their proximity to the beach. They could be inner city Orlando, they're partying with (laughs) bathing suits on. And the other is of blue haired retirees driving their golf carts on their way to play shuffleboard at the senior center. And I'm not saying either of these pictures are accurate. They're probably very stereotypical, but that's the picture I have.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'll get flamed for this, but I think it's pretty accurate. I spent a lot of time down there. And I'll let you guess which population I'm hanging out with.
0: <laughs> this story takes place in Port St. Lucie, Florida, a town 40 miles north of West Palm Beach. And the population was definitely more the shuffleboard type than beach party. My people. Port Saint- you, would, you would love Port St. Lucie. It even had a shuffleboard club, which I am not hating on shuffleboard. I love shuffleboard. And I love the yeah. shuffleboard on the ground with the stick, yeah. you know, not the... We I have that at- The tabletop one is okay, but the real fun one is the one you find at the retirement centers and on cruise ships. Yeah,
1: we have that <laughs> at our country club. It's so fun.
0: It is fun. And so they have a shuffleboard club on top of their two bingo halls. This is a real happening place. Mm. Despite that, it was known nationally as being the location of the spring training camp for the New York Mets. And also for marijuana, see, I found this interesting. After the stock market crash in 1987 led to a big real estate crash, the people of Port St. Lucie were really struggling. And there were all these empty properties. And drug dealers from Miami started swooping in and buying up all of these properties in Port St. Lucie for as little as like $50,000 and turning them into hydroponic grow systems for their weed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in 2006, 69 pot farms had been busted but they couldn't bust them all and it persists <laughs>
1: couldn't bust them all get back yes. to the baseball though i love that
0: they're the spring training camp for the mets
1: no oh, i know but is That's that all... what this is about
0: no no, <laughs> no. dang it <laughs> sports <laughs> <laughs> over the decades port st lucy tripled in size What was once a very small town of 15,000 retirees in the 80s is now over 200,000. And with its growing population, that meant more families with kids. But the town could not keep up with the needs of the teenagers that attended Port St. Lucie High, who had no downtown, no beach. There weren't even parks to hang out with. There was a mall 20 minutes away and a McDonald's if you really needed a place to go.
1: I mean, like, I want to feel bad for them, but like, I feel like that's like a lot of people's (laughs) reality.
0: I don't know. The place was just not built for teenagers who were constantly complaining of having nothing to do. I mean, one movie theater, but there were seven funeral homes. Oh. And what happens when you have a town full of idle teenagers with nothing to do?
1: Oh, they'll find something to do.
0: Yes. Crime. Lots of crime. (laughs) (laughs) Vandalism, robberies, sex crimes. Teens would go to Walmart and just destroy the displays there, like when a few jumped into a six foot stack of Pringles cans, or at a Kmart when a few skateboarded into giant stacks of paper towels. They'd just run through the aisles of the stores with their arms outstretched, bringing everything down, laughing hysterically while they did it.
1: Ugh, I hate them. I can't <laughs> believe they still have a Kmart, though. This is why
0: recreation centers are important. <laughs> Give them a place to go. <laughs> Channel all that youthful energy into a positive. <laughs> they sound
1: like heathens, though.
0: <laughs> but that wasn't the case on Saturday, July sixteenth, two thousand eleven. The teenagers in Port St. Lucie had big plans that night. Seventeen-year-old Tyler Hadley posted on his Facebook wall that afternoon, saying, "Party at my crib tonight." Dot dot dot. Maybe crib, because he's still a baby. <sighs> he's a baby. His friends were all doubtful. He'd been talking about throwing this party all week, but everyone that knew Tyler knew his parents were super strict and would never let him throw a party, so they didn't believe him. Tyler's parents were Blake and Mary Jo Hadley. They'd moved to Port St. Lucie about seven years before Tyler was born so they could be closer to Blake's parents, who lived in a neighborhood town. Blake worked at the St. Lucie nuclear power plant as a watch engineer, and Mary Jo was an elementary school teacher. A friend of Tyler's that had been a student of Mary Joe's said that no matter who you were, even if she didn't like you, she never gave up on you. She was Catholic. She was very involved in her church. She taught the rite of Christian initiation to people joining the church, and she served as a lector at the church. A neighbor described Tyler as a really happy kid, respectful, polite when he was younger. Always used the yes ma'ams and the no sirs. She trusted him to watch the house for her whenever she went out of town for the weekend. And Tyler always seemed to have a really good relationship with his parents, especially growing up. He'd stay up late waiting for his dad to come home from work, and then they'd spend hours playing basketball together in the driveway. They had a pool in the backyard, and they'd often spend time together back there as a family. But things seemed to change when Tyler went into high school. He started becoming more and more unpredictable, more troubled. In 2010, he was arrested and pleaded guilty for burglary. Not too long after that, he started going out to the nearby River Park Wildlife Preserve to smoke with some other boys in the neighborhood. And he was caught by a neighbor who told her son he wasn't allowed to hang out with Tyler anymore. And this neighbor told Tyler's mother about it, but she just said, well, you know, Tyler. Two weeks after he was caught smoking, he set the wildlife preserve on fire.
1: Oh no, he no <laughs> yeah.
0: sir. Uh... He dragged a couch into a clearing with the help of a few other boys, poured gasoline all over the couch, and then lit a match. It was a significant Ooh, there's little critters in there. <sighs> I know. It was a significant size fire, but the kids all got off with a warning. A year after that, he'd been at a friend's house when he got into a fight, and he was arrested and charged with aggravated battery. Because he had a record with that burglary charge, he was sentenced to a week at the county jail and two weeks under house arrest. His mom grounded him, confiscated his phone, something he'd complain about later on. Tyler wasn't your typical party type. At school, he barely spoke. He was 6'1 and 160 pounds. The Rolling Stone article described him as looking nearly cadaverous.
1: Oh. I am picturing him as like a popular kid. Is that wrong? I don't know if it's just the name Tyler Hadley or if it was the like No he party at his friends.
0: He was not you'd more expect to find him in someone's basement with his small group of friends smoking pot than doing beer bongs okay. in his living
1: room. Okay, got it.
0: He was more the alternative type, didn't have didn't have a lot of friends, but had like a small yeah.
1: group. Small group. Yeah. Okay.
0: But Tyler really wanted to throw this party. The night before, he'd messaged a friend of his, Antonio Ramirez, on Facebook Messenger, because, you know, he doesn't have his phone, (laughs) letting him know he was trying to have a party. Antonio knew about all the trouble Tyler had been in recently and couldn't believe his parents would let him throw a party. Antonio asked him if his parents would be home, and Tyler said no, they were leaving soon. But he didn't sound for sure. But by 8.15 on Saturday, the party was on. Tyler posted another message on Facebook that said, party at my house, HMU, hit me up. His friend Ashley messaged him, shocked that the party was actually on, and asked him what would happen if his parents came home. Tyler wrote her back and said, they won't. Trust me. Oh no. The party started with just a few friends, but soon the word got out and eventually most of the over hundred kids at the party had no idea who Tyler Hadley even was.
1: This is a scene from Mean Girls. (laughs) Yes. Where everyone just like keeps showing up. and Yes,
0: exactly. They just knew that it was the only thing going on in Port St. Lucie that night. Mike Young, one of the party attendees, he'd seen Tyler around school, but they'd never hung out and he didn't know his name. Mike was an athlete, he was part of the more popular crowd, who had spent an exciting three hours at the mall with his friends and then another hour at McDonald's before he and ten of his closest friends decided to check out this party around 11.30. Oh, wow. When he got there, he knocked on the door, and as soon as Tyler opened the door, Mike said he could tell that Tyler was on something.
1: I can't believe this kid killed his parents so he could have a party. What? That would be crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tyler, Tyler told him there was no smoking inside. It was his parents' house. And so Mike agreed, and he and his friends stepped into the house to find your average high school party happening. There was beer pong in the dining room, kids raiding the fridge and the pantry for food, smashed bottles in the living room, kids putting cigarettes out on the rug, the kitchen counter, the walls. It seemed after a little while, Tyler decided it was more important for kids to stay inside the house than to go outside to smoke. In case they were too loud and a neighbor called the police.
1: Okay, wait. I know seventeen was like a long time ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. but even when I was like at a party, and not even really in high school, but like in college, like I wasn't like, oh, let me put out. I mean, I've never smoked a cigarette, but like, let me put it out on the rug, or let me just like pour this beer on the couch. Like, you're just like, are you kind of trying to like stay in control of your like? I don't know. I don't feel like you're like trashing a house. Or are you? I don't know. Uh, I, I just want to get really no, extreme. I
0: think it depends on, you know, the development of your brain, how risky your behavior <laughs> your is. Your frontal lobe has a lot to do with this. Uh, there's this type of person that goes to parties and yeah. trashes the place, you
1: know? I guess it's not the same person given the middle seat, taking the middle it's seat. not the same person
0: scooting over to take the middle seat, No. Definitely not. Just
1: I'm like not putting my cigarette out on the floor. No, no. (laughs) Just don't understand.
0: Tyler didn't have neighbors directly next door. On either side of his house were plots of land that had never been developed and were therefore overgrown with really dense shrubbery. And across this directly across the street were four more plots just like it. And at the end of the block was the river. So he had neighbors, but they weren't like right on top of the house. Inside, kids were using the family computer in the dining room to play music off of YouTube. If they'd looked closer at the keyboard, they would have seen a dried, brownish-looking liquid splattered across the keys. The weird smell was chalked up to people smoking. Other kids at the party kept asking Tyler where his parents were. He told one that they'd gone to Georgia, another they were in Orlando. He even told someone that his parents didn't live there, that it was his house. (laughs) MoGap thinks they're
1: in that little dense shrubbery (laughs) crop right next door.
0: The kids all joked that Tyler had killed them. The joke hadn't come out of nowhere. Two weeks earlier, he'd told a friend that he wanted to kill his parents and have a big party afterward. He said it would be legendary that no one had ever thrown a party with their dead parents' bodies in the house. Around the same time, he chatted with his friend Mercedes on Facebook, complaining that his mom had taken his cell phone away. He told her that he might kill his mom, and Mercedes wrote back that he'd go to prison if he did that. But it was a very lighthearted, joking conversation on her part. His affect was kind of flat and, like, not really joking. She was like, no, you'll go to jail, LOL. You know, she totally thought that he was joking. Yeah, but
1: I mean, like, she also doesn't know because it's in a text or, like, a message.
0: Right. And she I mean, yeah. And this was before, you know, this was like a couple of weeks before the party. And Mm -hmm. she thought he was joking. Because who would be serious about that? I'm sure a lot of 17 year olds had said they want to kill their parents. They don't like actually want to kill their parents. They're just mad. Uh, So when Mercedes said like, you'll go to prison, Tyler responded, oh, well, with a greater than three, you know, to make a heart. Oh, well, heart. His friend Matt had messaged him the morning of the party asking if he'd done it yet. Tyler said, no, but I'm gonna. And Matt told him he really should now. Tyler told him not to worry. He'd do it and then he'd have a huge party.
1: Why? Why is Matt?
0: Again, I don't think a single one of them is taking him seriously about this. I don't think Matt is really trying to egg him on like, go kill your parents. I think he's just like, we need something to do. So ha ha, you know.
1: Yeah, like, let's have this party.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. You know, I mean, that's an assumption based on limited information. So maybe he was. At 1230, the beer supply at the party was really dwindling down. So Tyler asked a party goer who was 21, Mark Andrews, to drive him to the gas station down the street. Mark had known Tyler for most of their lives. Their families lived on the street from one another. And Tyler was friends with Mark's younger brother. He gave Mark several $20 bills and asked him to buy four cases of Bush Light. And he waited in the car with Mark's girlfriend, Ashley. And they were just chatting in the car. And at some point in the conversation, he told Ashley that his father had died. And Ashley didn't know Tyler that well. She figured that he meant that his father had died a while ago. Not like that day. When they got back to the house from the gas station, the party was completely chaotic. The entire house looked like it had been ransacked, down to the broken bed frame in one of the bedrooms. The only room that hadn't been destroyed was the primary bedroom, and that was only because it was locked. A kid was walking around the living room selling white pills out of a Ziploc bag for a dollar each. Others were smoking. One kid was running around the front lawn with his shirt off, screaming with the neighbor's mailbox held above his head. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> This is, like, from a movie. <laughs> I mean, I just, like, don't... This
0: is Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh,
0: yeah. Up to this point, Tyler had been pretty calm all night, despite the wreckage of his house. But this is when he started yelling. He screamed at the kid that stealing a mailbox was a felony, and the police were gonna come.
1: That's what he's worried about?
0: Yes. A kid that played soccer for his college showed up around 15 in the morning and couldn't believe the state of the party. The entire house was a mess. It smelled... Why are these college kids coming to this party? I guess because they're in town and have nothing better to do. But when I was in college, the last place you'd find me is some high school kids party. Right. And in fact, like, when it got to a certain point in college, the last place you'd find me was a college party with a bunch of 18-year-olds uh, yeah. when I was 22. I'm even try to
1: think, like, how are these... I guess it's that small, but I'm like, I didn't know about high school parties when I was in college. Like, I wasn't getting, like, the high school party memo. Right,
0: right. Yeah. I guess word gets around when it's a small town with nothing else to do. Yeah. But he couldn't believe the state of this party. The entire house was a disaster. It smelled bad, like sweaty clothes left sitting for way too long. When he asked Tyler if there were any house rules, Tyler said, just do whatever you want. The kid went to play beer pong and the ball, as it so often does, rolled off the table and onto the ground. And it landed. Yes. This, kids, is why you should play beer pong with water in the cups and the beer off to the side. Because it landed in some thick, sticky brown substance. The kid took the ball to the kitchen to rinse it off and then went back to playing.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Mm -hmm. Mark, the guy that had bought the beer for Tyler, was getting ready to leave. And Tyler asked to talk to him outside. He told everyone on the front lawn to get back inside the house. And once they were alone, he told Mark, quote, dude, I did some things. I might go to prison. I might go away for life. I don't know, dude. I'm freaking out right now. Mark asked him what he was talking about. And Tyler said, I know you're not going to believe me. No one will believe me. I freaking killed somebody. Mark stopped him right there. He said, that's his business. And he didn't need to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Do not tell me another word. (laughs) He told another guy he'd met that night, Ricardo, that he was going to kill himself because he did something really bad. Ricardo asked him what he'd done and said that it can't be that bad. Tyler told him not to worry about it because if he was caught, he'd be in jail a long time. He told his close friend Kimberly that he was going away for 60 years and she'd find out why the next day. Tyler's best friend, Michael Mandel, would find out why that day. Around 1 in the morning, Tyler asked Michael if he could talk to him. They'd been best friends since they were 8, so Michael said sure. Tyler led him outside and they started walking down the street, and when they got to the stop sign at the end of the block, Tyler faced Michael and said, I killed my parents. Michael, of course, didn't believe him, but Tyler insisted he wasn't lying. He told him that if he looked closely, he would see signs of the murder all over the place. Tyler pointed out that both his parents' cars were in the garage. If they weren't home, whose car had they taken when they left? But that wasn't enough. So Tyler took Michael into the garage, turned on the light, and immediately Michael saw a bloody shoe print. Then Tyler took Michael into the locked primary bedroom. There were small amounts of blood on the door. Inside, there was a huge pile of, like, dining room chairs and towels, all soaked in blood. And sticking out from the bottom of the pile was a white human leg. Hmm. Tyler told Michael everything. He'd planned this murder. He'd actually thought of killing them
1: the night before.
0: He had a pair of pruning shears and he was planning on killing them with those.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god. This is so awful. And I can't believe now this other kid who... Like, you've just ruined someone. I mean, you obviously killed your parents and you're, like, ruined all their lives. But, like... I could imagine just like minding your own business and your friend's like, hey, I've got to show you this. And now I'm showing you two dead bodies and telling you I've killed my parents. And you were just like out for a couple beers. Yeah. I'm like shook. I could not
0: imagine. (sighs) He said that he had taken those pruning shears. He'd even stood over his parents while they slept holding them, but he couldn't Mm. go through with it. So the next afternoon, just before five, he'd plucked up his courage. He'd taken his parents' cell phones and hid them so they wouldn't be able to call for help. He put on the song Feel Lucky by a rapper named Lil Boozy to psych himself up. Ugh. And then he took three pills of ecstasy because he didn't think he could kill his parents if he was sober. Then you shouldn't do it.
1: Agreed. Like, I mean, you don't want to do it. I mean, you shouldn't do it anyways. But like, you obviously don't want to do this. Yeah. And uh,
0: I don't know. We'll get into, like, what his motivation might have been, but it's never enough. I mean, it. It's never enough, you know? Yeah. He went into the garage to see what he could use and grabbed a claw hammer. He had decided the pruning shears weren't a good weapon. He went back inside the house and he stood behind his mom, who was on the family computer in the living room or in the dining room. He stood there behind her for a full five minutes watching her work, thinking about what he was going to do. And then he bashed her head in with the hammer while she screamed, why? His dad, Blake, ran out of the bedroom to see his teenage son murdering his wife. And all he could say was why. And Tyler said, why the F not? And then he also beat his father to death with the hammer. I think the shock of it all allowed him to overpower his dad, who was not a small guy. He was 6'1 and like 300 pounds. But Tyler just kept repeating why the F not as he beat him with this hammer. Which is so bad. I know.
1: I always wonder this. I mean, I feel like I've asked you this before and told me these horrific things. But when we're getting a, like, account of what happened and the two people are, like, dead and it's like, is he admitting that he said all this? This is things? what he's telling and,
0: like, Michael, his friend.
1: Yeah. Oh, so he's telling him what he's saying. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like we get, like, the story, but all three people involved are dead. And I'm like, who's giving the quotes? Yeah, you he, know told, I
0: mean? he told Michael that his mom was screaming why. He told Michael oh, that he was saying why God. the F not. Yeah. After they were both dead. He, and then some of this, like, those things he told to Michael and then also later told to investigators. And then some of this is just, like, what the scene shows. After they were both dead, he wrapped their heads in towels and dragged them into the primary bedroom. He left them lying face down, side by side, with the hammer right between them. And then he got to cleaning. He spent three hours cleaning the scene, throwing away any incriminating evidence, and stacking random junk on top of the bodies to hide them. Things like broken dishes, books, Clorox wipes, a coffee table— The dining room chairs were, like, on top of the bed. It was weird. He told Michael... Pointless. Yeah, he told Michael it took way longer than he expected it to, to clean this up. And then he took a shower. And when he got out of the shower, he looked at his reflection in the mirror and laughed. This is what he's telling Michael. That he looked at himself in the mirror and just started laughing. And then, while the bodies of his parents were barely cold... He posted on Facebook that the party was on. Ugh! Michael couldn't believe what he was hearing. He rushed out of the room quickly, but he didn't leave the party. He even took a few selfies on his phone with Tyler. One of the pictures looks like it was taken in the garage.
1: Wait, he takes a selfie after all of this?
0: Yes. Michael said that he took the selfie because he figured it would be the last picture taken with his friend.
1: Yeah, it definitely should be by your choice. Right. It'd be like, take a picture to last longer because I'm never hanging out with you again. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Around 2 a.m., the partygoers heard of another party happening and they started leaving Tyler's house in droves. But the other party turned out to be just a rumor. Few of them would realize what had been in the house they'd been partying in until several days later. But the author of the Rolling Stone article, who spoke to many of the kids there, said that one thing that absolutely amazed him was the amount of kids at the party that knew Tyler's parents were dead and continued to party anyway.
1: But do you think they really thought that or they just heard that and thought it was a joke?
0: Yeah, I mean, the rumors going around, Tyler killed his parents. Ha ha, they're in here somewhere. Like, I just think you're not taking that seriously. Yeah. Later, once it was uncovered what Tyler had done, His relationship with his parents would be analyzed. His messages about them to his friends would be analyzed. His behavior leading up to the party would be analyzed. And what they show is confusing. In the messages between his friends about the party and if his parents will be there, his affect is very flat. There's no rage there. Just this is what's going to happen. In previous messages in the weeks and months leading up to the party, sometimes he's talking to his friends about suicide. Sometimes he's talking about how mad he is that his mom confiscated his phone, but then he also had a conversation with his friend Mercedes about how he'd gotten into a fight with his mom and told her to shut up, but he felt really bad about it, and he'd apologized to her immediately. Mercedes asked him if she was pissed at him, and Tyler responded, quote, no, she's disappointed. I feel bad. She was crying. And then said that he and his brother Aww. had taken her out to eat for Mother's Day to try and make up for it. Clearly, something was wrong with Tyler. A month before the party, he'd come home drunk. He'd been at a party at his friend's house where he'd like peed on her bed. His m- ugh, yeah, God, man. His mom took him to a mental health clinic where he was involuntarily committed. Something that's only allowed if there's a substantial likelihood that the child will cause serious bodily harm to himself or others. His mom, Mary Jo, she was only worried about Tyler being a danger to himself. Mm. Tyler had been in counseling previously for depression, an eating disorder, and low self-esteem. Mary Jo was so worried that he'd inherited the depression from her. It was something that she also struggled with. She'd wanted to help him, but just never knew how, and everything that they tried didn't seem to work. When he was younger, to help him avoid being teased for being short and chubby, she had him take human growth hormone injections so that he wouldn't be short and chubby.
1: Okay, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought so, too. I mean, that is that basically a steroid? That's what I – I it's think that really they're steroids. I don't like, know anything about human growth hormones.
1: No. It's not really my scene. I know it's not great because I always know that your food is like, no, no. HGMOs or whatever. <laughs> well, is
0: that the same I thing? Think, <laughs> I don't think so. GMOs are genetically modified. Oh, maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> not HGMOs. <laughs> then you've got your – That's what I'm HMOs, which are like your insurance. Yeah,
1: and then there's MSG. Hg. This is HGH. (laughs) HGH. Wait, you also don't want that, though. I don't know. It doesn't seem good. It doesn't seem (laughs) doesn't seem organic. Yeah. After his stay
0: at the mental health clinic, Mary Jo saw a great improvement in Tyler. She told friends that she really felt like he was back to himself. He went on a road trip to a family reunion with his dad and grandfather. And there were no signs that Tyler was having a problem with either of his parents. But I feel like if you've had so much trouble with your child growing up and you've like done all of these things to try to help them you want to see that improvement so bad like you you're taking any little sign any good day as oh he's fixed we're not going to have this issue anymore like he's back to his himself who he was before he you know started acting like this and so I don't know how much of that was like he really had improved and how much of it was her just wanting it to be true wishful thinking Yeah. yeah After the great exodus of people from the party, there were only about 20 people left, which to me is a gigantic party. So, that's still, yeah, that, that's, no, I'm
1: not interested in that.
0: And the neighbor, Ann Wallace, she was getting sick of it. All right. The party was noisy. Kids have been sneaking up to her window and looking inside. And the 15 cars peeling away loudly all at once just really sealed the deal. She called the police, who arrived at the Hadley house within minutes. Tyler had told everyone who was left to go hide in his room, and then he opened the door to the officer, and they talked for a few minutes. He's probably just swearing he'll keep the noise down, and the officer left.
1: Shouldn't they be like, hey, aren't you 17? Like, keep the noise down. You're 17. You should be having a party. (laughs) No, sir. Man, I sound like a real fun time, but you know... (laughs) I just, I mean, I remember in college, it wasn't like a party got broken up and they're like, hey, keep it down. And we were at least like 1920, you I know, know, but I'm sure he's
0: not trying to give a 17-year-old kid like something on his record for having a party,
1: you know. But he's already got a record. I feel like they are trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that had left
0: for the other party, it ended up being just a rumor. So they started coming back to Tyler's house around 230 30. And I'm exhausted just thinking about it. 2.30? Go to bed. <laughs>
1: 2.30? No. Yeah,
0: They That's, still need no something to do. You. Go to bed. Go to bed, children.
1: Like, you got to, like, spread it out. You can't just party till 2.30. Like, this party needs to last you at least a month. <laughs> so, like, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. When they got there, his
0: friends noticed that Tyler was not doing well. At one point, he had like 10 Percocet pills he was going to take as a suicide attempt, but his friend Michael was able to get the pills from him and hide them. Later, he told his friend David that the party had been fun and that he was thinking about having another one the next night. Yeah. Then he said he might be going away for a while because he was thinking of killing himself. At 4.40 a.m., everyone had left by this point, Tyler posted another message on his Facebook page. Party at my house again hit me up no
1: H-N-U. sir yeah
0: no sir but there would not be another party because his friend michael had called the crime stoppers hotline and told them everything tyler had said about the murders oh wow by four thirty-two, officers adam Zamoyski and charles green were parked across the street from tyler's house
1: wait what time was
0: that 4.32 a.m. It's like eight minutes before he posted that Facebook
1: page. Okay. so That this is message on his Facebook happening page. Happening quickly. Okay.
0: Yes. The only cars left in the front of the house belonged to Tyler and his parents. And so they walked up to the house and they could see Tyler pacing back and forth in front of the window talking to himself with what Officer Green said was a very disturbing look on his face. He said his eyes were very wide and he was not blinking. They saw him grab a stack of books from a bookshelf, walk the stack to the primary bedroom, and throw them on the floor. And he did this three times. The officers knocked on the door and rang the doorbell. Tyler turned off all the lights in the house and then opened the door with his left hand behind his back. There's nothing there, so don't worry. I don't know why he had his left hand behind his back, but there was no weapons in his hand. To
1: something, maybe?
0: Maybe, yeah. The officer said he appeared nervous, frantic, incoherent, annoyed, and very talkative while speaking with them. His pupils were also very large. Tyler told him that his parents were in West Palm Beach, and he wouldn't let them in the house. But the officers were able to make an emergency entrance based on that phone call, Tyler's behavior, and the fact that his parents were missing. They checked him for weapons, and then had him lie on the ground and handcuffed him. When the officers started to go into the house, Tyler started screaming at them not to go in. Uh. The house was an absolute disaster when they walked in from the party. Beer bottles and plastic cups were everywhere. Tobacco from cigars were all over the place. The Mm. furniture was turned over. They checked his room, his bedroom first, which had about 15 empty beer bottles on the bed and a woman's purse. In his brother's room, the furniture was all turned over, and they found a black lab in the closet. Like a dog? Like a dog in the closet. Alive alive yes and then immediately taken to a wonderful family a wonderful place spoiled him forever then they went to the primary bedroom which was locked they saw dried blood on the frame and baseboards and forced the door open apparently by just turning the knob really hard is what Hmm. they said to find the room in absolute disarray there was junk literally everywhere the floor was covered in junk the bed was covered in junk there were two brown dining chairs and a coffee
1: table thrown on top of the bed, just piles and piles of random stuff. He was, stuff. like, trying to make it, like, a huge, like, storage room or something, like, so the, like, bodies were just yeah. in there. Yeah. As the officers started sifting through it,
0: they found the bodies of Blake and Mary Jo Hadley hidden beneath. Hmm. A medical examiner would determine that Mary Jo was alive for every single blow Tyler gave and that Blake fought for his life. There were a minimum of 39 wounds or strikes. Nearly 2,000 people came to the Hadley's funeral, which was held at the church she was so involved with. I know. The morning her body was found, she was supposed to be at the morning mass reading Corinthians 13, the love is patient, love is is kind verse. Ryan Hadley, Tyler's brother, had planned to come back to Port St. Lucie after he graduated to work alongside his dad at the power plant. But he was now having to rethink all the plans he'd ever had for his life. He told people at the funeral that he was going to the prison that night to see Tyler because he thought it was what his parents would have wanted him to do. But he said he didn't know what he's going to say to him. He said he'll probably just sit there and cry.
1: Oh, that's so sad. Is
0: the older brother? Yeah, older brother. He'd like just moved out to go to college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No one could understand what had driven Tyler to murder his parents and then throw a party. His friends tried to blame it on drugs and said that Tyler was constantly popping pills. But none of the drugs that Tyler did, things like ecstasy, oxycotton, Percocet, Xanax. None of these cause violent behavior. I mean, it doesn't like taking bath salts, right? Like- right. And Tyler or like hallucinogenics or psychiatrics, which they, um, anyways, we'll get into it. But Tyler also had prescriptions for a mild anti-anxiety medicine called hydroxyzine and an antidepressant called citalopram, hmm. which can increase the risk of suicide, which kind of sounds like it defeats the purpose. Tyler wrote a letter to his grandparents telling them that he'd taken some kind of psychiatric pill, but he never said what it was called. And he told them he wished he'd never taken that damn pill because then none of this would have ever happened. And he wrote to a friend that he regretted everything he'd done and again blamed it on drugs. But it wasn't the drugs because Tyler had planned this whole thing. He'd been planning it for weeks. He told Michael that he'd purposefully waited until his brother had moved out of the house before he killed his parents, which was like six weeks before the murders. An inmate that was in jail with him said Tyler had started planning it three weeks before the murder. Then again, he used that hammer, it seems as a weapon of convenience, so he could have been lying about all that too, I suppose. Tyler was arrested and taken to the St. Lucie County Jail, where he was treated like a celebrity. <gasps> he started signing autographs what? for fellow inmates on news articles about the party, oh, and under his no. signature, he'd write, "It's hammer time." Oh, <gasps> yeah! Oh my god! Oh, fans sent him letters. Oh no! Which is so gross. And he would sign the letters back. He'd sign them Hambo. There's
1: a special place in hell for people like that. I'm sorry, but I. I, Yeah, I know it's hard because I'm like like, how much of this is is like you're an
0: idiot kid and you are like not
1: understanding what you've done. Yeah, I know, I know. But to me, like you are signing things hammer time. I'm done with you.
0: But prison wasn't all fun and games and autographs for him. He'd also been jumped and beaten up a couple times in prison. Tyler initially pleaded not guilty for the double murders, and his trial was set for July 2011. But a month before the trial, he changed his plea to no contest, to two counts of first-degree murder with a weapon. Because he was 17 when the murders took place, he couldn't be charged with the death penalty, but he could be given life in prison without parole. A judge would hold a hearing to determine whether Hadley's youth or other factors should lead to a lesser sentence. Mm. At the hearing, a criminology expert for the defense, Dr. Kathleen, I think it's Hyde, it might be Heidi, H E I D E. Mm. Heidi. I like Heidi. All right, Heidi testified that Tyler had the personality development of a 12 year old at the time of the murders. She said that Tyler had killed his parents and then thrown a party because he was depressed, immature felt like an outcast, and had very low self-esteem. She said it was not because he was abused or neglected, just severely depressed, drinking, and doing drugs on a daily basis. She said that he took responsibility for what he'd done and felt remorse about this and other things he'd done to his parents, like lying to them and stealing from them. Psychiatry expert Dr. Wade Myers also testified that Tyler was quite severely mentally ill at the time of his parents' killing. He said he was suffering from a major depression with psychotic features. He'd been treated by medical professionals since he was 10 for serious depression. And at the time of the murders, he had thyroid and growth hormone issues as well. Myers said that one of Hadley's antidepressants, Celexa, which wasn't mentioned in any of the other articles, but he said he had a prescription to Celexa. It could have revved up the obsessive homicidal thoughts that he was having. And that his use of drugs and alcohol would have worsened the condition. Judge Robert R. Mackumson Mackumson, was the judge in this case, and he decided to sentence Tyler to life in prison without parole. The judge spoke for, for about 40 minutes about why he'd come to this sentence. He said that he did not believe that Tyler was suffering from mental illness at the time, and he read from a Florida Senate bill that said that the purpose of a sentence is punishment, so he gave Tyler the harshest sentence available i read an opinion piece on this that stated that if tyler had actually been 12 years old he wouldn't have qualified for life in prison without parole but because his chronological age was 17 the fact that he was emotionally 12 was not taken into consideration which i found interesting
1: i think it's hard to determine someone's emotional i mean i know there's experts but like how are you really gauging someone's like emotional age or like yeah do you know what I mean like I I feel like that's subjective to a degree well I think you look at like because there is a developmental
0: progression of like morality and those kinds of things for sure and so you know you it would all be self-reported though his answers to whatever questions he was asked but like how would you fool that I don't know But uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely is all subjective. That's why they have a trial and that's why they have experts and experts can testify on two completely opposite things. One expert can think that they have the developmental delay of a 12-year-old and the other expert could say he was not suffering from any mental illness at all, just hopped up on drugs. In 2018, Tyler's sentence came under review due to that law that requires a review for all minors sentenced to life without parole. And at the hearing, a judge would decide if Tyler would continue with his life in prison sentence or if he would get 40 years with a review after 25 years. Mm-hmm. I think that's an appropriate sentence. 40 years in prison with a review after 25 years.
1: This is the same debate we had with the Slenderman or I can't remember their mm-hmm. names, but the, the girls that attempted to murder Peyton, you know.
0: Yeah. And I, I think like it's even, same- I don't remember
1: like I don't remember what I said in that. I mean, it was similar, like having, but this seems more extreme. Obviously, he murdered his parents, but I mean, we were definitely in support, or you were definitely in support of, like, these women are minors; they should be able to, like, be rehabilitated, because that was part of it. Too. Well, and I
0: think that, yeah, and I think that if there's a potential, like, he
1: is not a, I don't psychopath. know, throwing that party, like, I this feels like to me, I'm like, you threw a party, you're signing fan fan mail, hammer time, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm struggling there, but I I and also,
0: you know, blanket statement, neither of us are experts (laughs) on mental health or psychiatric disorders. But I I think that if if it seems like this is to me, this is something that he could be rehabilitated from. He has a mental disorder, clearly. And to me, that is something that through time of, of growing up, first of all. And then maybe being in a hospital where you're worked with and get intense therapy and be put on medication, and who knows what else, I think that he's not a danger to society after a while. I think he should be punished because and and also I hate that the Florida Senate bill or whatever says that prison time is a pun it's for punishing. We have such a punitive judicial system, and it doesn't work a punishing doesn't. Work. You lock these kids up that are minors when these things happen for the rest of their life. Their whole life is over now. And I think the same thing when you're 19 or 20. I mean, you're an adult, but like the next 80 years, you're done. Like it life without parole. Life without parole. Like you're you're gonna die in there, and you're 17. I don't know. It's tough. I think we need to do more rehabilitating and less punishing, but. I understand that, like, why a family member wouldn't want that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler stood in court when he had this resentencing hearing, and he said, quote, Words cannot explain the amount of remorse and sorrow over my actions that have affected so many people, but most of all my family, who I still care about greatly. He said, quote, In the past, I have lied and tried to manipulate. I lost the trust of those closest to me. I made the decision several years ago that I don't want to be that person anymore. I strive daily to better myself. I still don't understand myself and the reasons for my atrocious actions. He went on to apologize to his brother, his grandparents, the rest of his family, and his parents' friends for taking them away from them. Blake Hadley's brother, Mike Hadley, spoke at the hearing as well, and he asked the judge to order Tyler to prison for life. Later, he said this hearing feels like the third funeral they've had to go through. He said they love their nephew, Tyler, but that he'd done a terrible thing. And he understands what the experts at the trial said about the adolescent development of maturity with the brain, but that Tyler was mature enough to know that he'd have to pay the price for killing his parents and then throwing a party. He pointed out how planned out this murder was, how he would planned the night before to do it with the pruning shears. And the judge decided that Tyler's original sentence would stand because the crime was the heinous, atrocious, cruel product of premeditation. The prosecutor said if Tyler Hadley doesn't deserve life in prison, then no one does. Blake Hadley's brother, Mike, was happy with the sentence and said he's hoping that there's no appeal and that he and his family are happy that it's finally over with, at least for now. And he said they just want to move on with their lives and get past all this. Even though Tyler was sentenced to life, he will still get a review after 25 years. I think he's now served about 11 or so years. But I think that at his review, they're just going to decide to keep him in prison. Right. Which, you know, I don't know. I mean,
1: that's yeah, probably that's,
0: where he belongs. He did a terrible... I mean, he did a terrible thing. I'm definitely not, like, excusing it or anything. He did a terrible thing and then horrifically threw a party afterwards.
1: And then horrifically And seem to know that it. what he...
0: Right and then seemed to know that what he'd done was wrong. He told everybody that he was going to go to jail for it. He told everybody that he was that he was going to be going away for 60 years or, or whatever. I mean, he knew right from wrong. He knew that it was wrong what he did.
1: It's like he And he fl- did it he to like,
0: throw a party.
1: He does these like moments where he like seems to have regret, but then he's like mm-hmm. taking selfies and fan mail and like it's just I don't know. Well, and how really much
0: did... of that, how much of his statement, because he did, he just, it was a prepared statement that he had mm-hmm. written on a piece of paper. He didn't look at his family when he read it. Yeah. He just read it off this piece of paper. So, you know, how sincere is it? How is he still being manipulative? You know, I mean, I, don't I, know. I
1: think everyone's going to get up there and try their best to get out, regardless if they're going to reoffend or not or hurt anybody else. Yeah. I think everyone's trying to get out of there. So, yeah. I just – there was no – I mean, talk about senseless. There's no motivation. I mean, to have a party? like I, I know. I, you were taken care of.
0: Your parents loved you. Like, I mean, yeah. They were good parents. They were trying to help him. I mean, they were doing things he didn't like. He, he didn't want to be committed at that hospital. And I think he might have been going back or they had talked about him going back. And so people have said maybe that's the motive for the murder was he didn't want
1: to go back to that hospital. But he never said that, right? Because, I mean, that would – I feel like be more of a better than I wanted to have a party.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't I don't think he killed them just to have the party. Right. I think that's a a fun way to spin the story. But I don't know why he killed them. I don't because he didn't hate them. They weren't bad to him. He was mad they took his phone. But what teenager isn't mad when their parent takes their phone? Right. Even though they know that they deserve it, even though they did something terrible, like they they're mad. They don't go kill their parents. So it's just kind of wild to think about. But I also just can't think about a 17 year old who never sees the light of day again. You know, even if it's 40 years and he gets out when he's 57. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think 57 year old Tyler Hadley is killing people. So if it's to separate, because to me, prison should be to rehabilitate people and release them back into society in a way that they can be I'm a benefit sure to society. it's
1: setting an example. Or,
0: yeah. Well, it's not setting any example. We've proven over and over again that pu- these punishments don't deter crime. The death penalty doesn't deter crime. Or I think it should be to separate us from dangerous people in society you know, because I do think that there are certain people that should not be allowed back into society. But uh, if that's the case, then I think he should have gotten the 40 years. That's my opinion. I think 40 years with a review after 25, maybe keep him in for the full 40. Because I see some people it just boggles my mind. Like I I said last time I read and I haven't looked into this case. I really don't know the details about it. But a, a kid I think he was like, I don't know, 15 maybe 13 killed a five-year-old just in cold blood just because he wanted to because he'd been bullied a lot and so he wanted to bully somebody else for a change and make that person hurt instead of him and he got out before he was like 21 or something and he's out and to me that just is like okay well that shows a psychoticness i don't know and again i haven't looked into it i don't i don't really know a lot about it but but a headline but (sighs) yeah that's definitely
1: not long enough
0: And according to the Sentencing Project, which is an organization that advocates for effective and humane responses to crime, the United States is the only country in the world that gives life sentences without parole for crimes committed by minors. But 25 states and the District of Columbia have banned life without parole for minors. And there are nine other states where no one is serving life without parole for offenses committed before age 18, which leaves like 16 states that still are. And that's not to say that those minors are being granted parole, but at least they get a review. But then it's like, gosh, those poor families that these, you know, murderers are up for parole every two years and these poor families are having to go and be reminded of it every two years to try and keep the murderer of their loved one in prison. It's like horrible. That's horrible, too. (laughs) I mean, it's just it's all awful. Can we stop it? Can we stop the murdering?
1: Yeah, put us out of a podcast, please. It's so terrible. Yeah. And that's the story of Tyler and his little well, we'll party. Like it's no. terrible. Yeah. It's so terrible.
0: And it's like, I, like. I, yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't know how i I mean, I heard everything you say, but then it's like the next day, like, party at my house again. Like, yeah. I just. I've got no, but I think
0: it's because he knew. He knew he was going to prison. Like he knew he was telling like, people. What's left
1: to lose, he's showing
0: you know? them. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think he thought maybe maybe I can get one more party.
1: Yeah, I know, but then I don't. Then I think you're there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I guess I don't have a heart sometimes, but ooh, so sad. It's so so sad. What was the name of that organization you know, again? The Sentencing Project,
0: and I want to do a lot more looking into them because Mm -hmm. it just seems like they're doing some really good work right now they're working really hard to pass something called the equal act because apparently I had I had no idea about this I knew that drugs were way too heavily criminalized in this country but didn't know a lot of the details apparently five grams if you are found with five grams of crack cocaine you are sentenced the same as somebody that is found with 500 grams of powdered cocaine so I'm, I'm like, Googling, like, what is 500 grams of cocaine? Like, <laughs> so my we is
1: every time. We, like, Look. we need visual boxes. <laughs> every time.
0: One gram of cocaine is Correct. worth between, like, 120. No, oh, uh, powder. Cocaine. One gram of powder cocaine is worth about 100. It has a street value of, like, 120 to $200. One gram of powder cocaine. So 500 of that, you're talking $5,000 or however much worth of cocaine. But five grams of crack is the same punishment wise. You get five years in in prison. And so they're working hard to pass this equal act that would basically make that more fair, you know, because mm-hmm. let's I mean. <sighs> sorry, there are other issues involved when somebody has drugs on them, like 500 grams of powdered cocaine. That's like selling. That's like yeah. you have enough to, to sell and distribute mm-hmm. five grams of crack. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea about <laughs> I any mean, of this, I but it, like it doesn't how sound about crack. It doesn't sound like you would have enough to sell. All right, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> that it just seems totally. I mean, and I think that's the point: is that this law is so unfair. And Listen, so working, correct Chris.: I don't is need on right
1: DMs <laughs> about crack cocaine on my. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> just, all right. Well, do it. we have any shoutouts? I'm sure we do. Okay, time for some shoutouts. If you would like your shout out, you need to sign up on our Patreon. We have pinned the post, I believe. There is a form that you fill out to get your shout out. We don't want to put you on blast unless you want to be blasted. So fill it out. Also, if you are signing up for Patreon and you have not, please fill in your shipping address. It's only for Kristen and I. So we can send you your goodies. Mail. It's not for Patreon. (laughs) So. Just the card. And we won't send you any other mailers. Not yet, but i I mean, there's too many of you now, which we love, but we'll see. <laughs> Get us started, all right?
0: A big thank you to Madeline Martin. You are famous, adjacent, adjacent, Madeline Martin. Thank you so much. You stole it. That's
1: what I was gonna say. Major uh-huh. shouts to Denise A. The traditional, traditional pronunciation. pronunciation. <laughs> all right, we won't denice you, but we were thinking about it. <laughs> the traditional as
0: opposed to (laughs) the the substitute pronunciation
1: uh a big thank you
0: to shelby andrews this one made me smile (laughs) because
1: it was like ruse like little kangaroos and i just pictured a bunch of little kangaroos rue is my
0: favorite character on winnie
1: the pooh oh my gosh uh rabbit is mine which Makes a lot of sense, but I'm such a tight ass. I know. Oh, my God. You are a rabbit. I know. You are. You're the rule follower. <laughs> I know. I can see you with a garden. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm such a rabbit, but I do love Winnie the Pooh's uh. what I watch whenever I am homesick or don't feel good or anything mm. not good.
0: I once had a stuffed animal. I think I got it at one of the theme parks of Rue. But he was in a Tigger
1: costume. <laughs> oh, so cute. Like the episode where he, I've watched all of the Winnie Poohs I'm telling you, when I don't feel good, that thing is on the TV. But where him and <laughs> where Tigger go it? bouncing at uh, Disney Plus. Yes. But I used to have all of the like VHSs and stuff. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, last one. Gabrielle, major shouts. Gabrielle, major shouts. You are all famous adjacent,
0: adjacent now.
1: You know, we we'll are you know famous and then you- I know. I'm <laughs> <Just laughs> be famous and Jason. <laughs> They're like, "Geez, could we please get past this?" I feel like we're so can close. We, we get bumped up. We're almost to 2,000 on our Instagram. So if you're not following us on Instagram, please do that. When we us hit 2,000. Instagram. I want to do like a pity a, follow. You know? Yeah, I mean, really, at this point, we're begging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, bye, right. peeps, and cre- oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Bye, peeps and creeps.